This podcast is powered by the Same Team Network. Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Don't Look Down with Peyton and Sarah. I'm Peyton. And I am Sarah. Who are you, Peyton? I am your mentee, and who are you to me? I am your mentor for discipleship, and ooh boy, I am proud to be your mentor today because you've done some research, and we have some questions that you have found from your people to go over today, haven't we? Oh, you just blessed me with that. Um, Yes, we are excited. We have questions, and it's going to be a very good good episode. I might be a little biased, but I'm excited for this one. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Okay, Peyton, I feel like this episode is going to be a blast. Like the Enneagram eight in me, like I want to be, I feel like I want to be drilled with questions. Like I feel like you have questions. It almost feels like I'm in the hot seat, but also mm. like mythbusters because we're going to discuss some burning questions that you had people ask you in confidence about the process of mentorship. So tell us about your process of kind of gathering some of the questions we're going to go over today. Sure. So I had decided back in December when we had first begun prepping and praying on this podcast and we had joined the same team network I had the thought I was like hmm you know mentorship and discipleship look so different for everyone but I know it's something that's crucial because we see it in scripture and I know it's something that my generation wants but I also knew from my own experiences that my generation is entering into a phase where we are now being able to lead and disciple people younger than us. So I had seen that in my own life with two girls who um, are seventh graders right now back from Illinois, and I love them dearly. And I've seen how my role in their life has begun to evolve into somewhat of a mentor role. And so I figured that other people my age or, you know, particularly the people who asked these questions were around my age, Mm -hmm. high school, college students, and I thought, what better way to address them and to acknowledge them than on this podcast? So as many people as the Lord wants to hear, we'll get to hear. So essentially what I did was asked um, my friends, and then I asked just on my Instagram, what questions do you have about discipleship, mentoring, being a mentee, the the whole nine yards, right? And I got a ton of questions, and I basically kind of consolidated them into seven-ish that covered the most wanted topics. And today I'm going to ask them and Sarah and I are going to tag team answer them and we pray it blesses you. And I am, so I'm so excited for this. When I found out that Peyton had reached out to her friend group, um, that brought me so much joy, A, because it was early on and it showed the seriousness at which Peyton was taking this. It also kind of showed some of the oneness because it was a very methodical 
system of finding (laughs) questions. But I think, um, I'm kind of, I kind of have like a Holy spirit caveat that I want to say, um, the Lord has blessed us with the ability to even talk about these questions. Mm -hmm. And this is a, we are privileged. We Mm -hmm. are white privileged women. Yes, we are. And there are so many who come from different, beautiful cultures. And Mm -hmm. this is not, um, the same fit that may work for different cultures. Um, right. I think about, um, my cousin who is Ghanaian and the discipleship process from, from his family is very different, you know, individualistic cultures versus collectivist cultures, um, even, you know, the, the rich black community, you know, Asian communities, Christian communities, the way that, you know, home churches, planting churches, Southern churches, Northern churches, the way that people do discipleship in different cultures always looks different. So we are saying this as Midwestern born and raised white Christian females, and it's going to look different for everyone. So we're excited to talk about this. Mm-hmm. But it by no means covers everything. And it doesn't mean what we're doing is right. And it doesn't mean that what you're doing is wrong. It's exactly. just information, right? Right. And hopefully what we're saying will still apply to you regardless of your culture, because our hope is that it's scripture-based and yep. that's for everyone. But I really appreciate that you pointed that out. And I would also just like to say the stuff you covered on that was on my last psychology exam today so I felt very um you know text to world connection right there and thank you um anyways should I ask the first question yes ma'am okay please okay this feels really exciting all right number one what is the main role of a mentor I love this like I love I love that someone would ask Mm-hmm. what's your job? Yeah. <laughs> it just shows the honesty. I have had so many mentees and my role with every single one of them has been completely different. Mm-hmm. I have had mentees where the Lord has laid on my heart that I need to text them every day and check in on if they're watching porn. Mm-hmm. I have had mentees who I don't talk to all week, but we get together once a week to review if they have read scripture or prayed or talked or how their walk with God has been. I think the main role of a mentor is to be in line with the Holy Spirit and listen to what he wants you to do in relationship with another person, because it's going to be different for every mentee. You're needs and the areas of growth and the relationship that a mentee would crave out of a mentor is going to be very unique to your situation. Mm -hmm. And it would dishonor the Lord to negate the gifts that the mentor has given, but also the path and the gifts that the mentee has been given. So I think it's important for the mentor to be in prayer and in line with what the Lord would like to do with you to bless both y'all's relationship. The Lord blessed me with you. You're an Enneagram one in my mind. And this is an outlet where you thrive. 
And there are lots of ways that you thrive. Um, but it's something that I would not be able to do with other mentees. So that's the first thing that comes to my mind is my, what's my role as a mentor? Walk with the Lord and ask him and listen mm-hmm. to him. What does he want me to do? Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. And I think that that just reflects Jesus because again and again, we've said on this podcast that discipleship, what is it? A lot simpler than we make it out to be because mm-hmm. it's modeled after Jesus. And Mm -hmm. if we look at Jesus and the way he interacts with his disciples, it's not the same with every single one of them. His mission and his message is the same, but the way that he specifically interacts with all of them is different. The way that Paul interacts with Timothy is different than how he interacted with John Mark when they were about to go on the second missionary trip in a mission trip in Acts. And he didn't feel that he was ready to come with him. So like we just see Mm -hmm. in scripture how not one way is there, there's no guide book that's going to give you step-by-step. And so I think mm-hmm. that you answered that really well. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, also, I just want to shout out everyone who asked questions because it, I think it really proves that my generation is like hungry. Speaking. Yes. They're hungry yeah. for, for learning and for growing. So I'm just proud of them. Um, okay. So I'll ask you, this next question is it just so this person said is it just someone calling out your flaws so the process of discipleship I love this question and this is my favorite question because I I do think that we need to get very careful with our words right Mm -hmm. and the bible is really clear on speech And my first thought, my first thought in reading this is whoever asked this question, I'm praying for you because are you stuck on feeling like you need someone to call out something you consider a flaw? Hmm. And there's a book that comes to mind and it's called the blessing of the thorn. And it's, it's got a lot of history in it, but it's regarding sexual sin. And I think we have to be very cautious with a our own perception of our flaws, right? Because we will never receive full perfection here on earth, right? No. So there's a big difference between accountability and saying, speaking the truth in love and helping refine someone and then calling out flaws. So the, the quick answer is, is it just someone calling out your flaws? No. If that's what your mentorship relationship looks like, get out, get out. That will drain you. That will drain you. And that is unhealthy. And honestly, that would make me sad. If, if you had a mentor in your life who was just like, this is your flaw. This is your flaw. This is your flaw. That is, Mm -hmm. that's not biblical. That's not speaking the words that Christ would want to speak over you. Um, in some of my mentoring relationships and in some of the relationships where I've been the mentee, there has been a high rate of accountability, right? Mm -hmm. Back when I was living a life that involved more um, obvious, blatant sin in it, um, there were people who would text me, hold me accountable, come to my house, talk with me, walk with me. I think a great one to discuss is swearing. Um, 
you know, there are some people who get really um, kind of law-based on swearing and, and a mentor of mine actually put it this way. She said, you know, there's words that lift up, words that tear down, and then there's adult words. And adult words can lift up and adult words can tear down. And we have to be really careful. But um, I went through a season where I didn't swear for about seven to nine months a while ago. And it was really interesting because I had someone who every time I swore, um, they rebuked me really quickly. And it was fascinating that season of kind of fasting from swearing, the way that it changed my perception. So are there things that you can be called out on regularly? Yes. Should that be the center? No. Mm. Um, is any relationship going to be strong if it's built on just saying every negative thing about someone? That sounds miserable, right? Right. That sounds awful. No, that, that makes a awful. lot of sense. At the yeah. same time, there have been women that have come to me in seasons when they have really messed up. And it is really honoring when someone on their own brings out a flaw they find in themselves and you walk through them with it. I shouldn't be casting any, you know, I shouldn't be pointing out the speck in your eye when I've got a rod in my own, right? That's from scripture. But additionally, I I feel personally kind of in the spirit that it is much more life-giving to build a relationship Mm -hmm. And then for someone to be comfortable bringing their flaws to me to walk through with them. I don't want to call out someone's flaws. I want them to tell me what they think and then talk about it. Right. That's wise. And I think that that's what Jesus would want of us as well. And I Mm -hmm. think also um, if you're in the mentee role if you will um like Sarah said being able to come forward to whoever is kind of leading you I think that that's really beneficial and I think that for Sarah and I's specific relationship like I don't correct me if you think otherwise but I don't feel like that's been a huge part of our relationship so I really think like also realize that if like, you know, your seasons ebb and flow. So you might Mm -hmm. be in a season where like you are really struggling with something and that mentor role is like a blessing from the Lord. But I also want to point out that like people my age, it is so easy to want to go straight to a human and be like, I did this, help me fix it. And the Holy Spirit, if they're in that person, like, yeah, he's going to do his thing and he's going to help you through that person and praise God for it. Praise God for relationships, but it has to start between you and God first. Like the Lord is so welcoming of that. He is, he is not going to condemn you. He might Mm -hmm. give you a little conviction and that's healthy and that's good. And then you can take that to your mentor. And I think when you have that kind of package deal, so God then mentor, like mm, it's beautiful. I think I do want to say, again, a caveat on this one. On the reverse side of that coin, it would be unloving of me Mm. to let you maintain something. Um, And there have been many times I have had mentees 
have unhealthy relationships with men. Just Mm. side note, women, young women, if you are best friends with a male and you are Mm. leading him on, you need to get right with the Lord. You need to stop Mm -hmm. because we have a crisis in the church and it's a lack of male leadership. And a lot of it falls on us women being the emotional crutch for the young adult men instead of them spiritually pouring into and discipling each other. So stop it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's that's like a, that's a broad one. You want to talk about flaws. There's some flaws I see as women, like you can't, what this whole white woman rescue complex for the men of the church, that's not your job. Sorry. There are some broad things that's unloving to let go. If, if I knew, and this isn't accurate, but if I knew that Peyton was constantly, you know, bad mouthing her mom and every oh. time she did. Yeah, I know. Right. We can't even, very oh. sad. We can't we can't, even. I know it hurts my heart to even use it as an example. We love her. So amazing. We love your mom. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. But okay. I feel like if, if something like that were going on, it would be unloving of me to let you continue to that. A, oh, because yeah. it was that's, just, that's not what the Lord would want. Right. Uh-uh. But additionally, it does require some boldness of the mentee. If you have a flaw mm-hmm. that you're hiding from your mentor, <laughs> you got to bring the truth to light. And sometimes it means yeah. praying for some boldness. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, if you're a mentee and you're not ready, if you don't feel like you're in a place to be corrected, then maybe pray on that too, because like, you gotta be teachable. We gotta gotta be teachableness. Um, okay. The next question I'm excited about. I am nervous, but I'm excited. So it says, what qualifications do you need in order to efficiently mentor? Well, to get to where I've been, I failed out of my first college degree. I was a prodigal and I committed almost every sin under the sun and ran away from the Lord. And if there's a way to like not be a mentor, I feel like I used to be that. That's for sure. Um, And I think I want to start by saying don't rule someone out Mm -hmm. just as in the title of this podcast is, you know, don't look down on those who are young. Do not write someone off just because they have had a rough walk or because you think they've had an easy walk. There have been people who have been wonderful mentors of mine and it would be really easy to sit and wag my finger and say, what have you actually been through? Right. Did you bury two parents by the age of 23? No, you won't be able to help me. And that that doesn't glorify the Lord either. So I would first say, um, don't rule someone out by their walk. Um, and I think that that's critical. But the first and foremost is obviously I came back to Jesus and I had some significant time with him before I started mentoring people. Oh, yeah. Um, I had a very solid base and I was emotionally and spiritually and physically, I mean, legitimately physically 
ready to dedicate time, energy, spiritual energy to mentoring people. And I also had a season of being mentored. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be honest, there were some mentees that I have had that have been a little bit more on the high maintenance side, like wellness checks, like, you know, concerned for their safety, suicidal. And that's, that's a different thing that took, that took some different outside support. So I think in looking at the qualifications of a mentor, you need to know your own life and what you're walking through in this seriousness. Mm -hmm. If you've just lost a loved one, if you've just lost a family member, if you are in, if you're trying to get out of a relationship with an addict, if you are going through a trauma with someone who's had an injury or a disability, kind of think about your current circumstances and what would honor the Lord, glorify the Lord. There's been a lot of glory that God has gotten out of me and the hospital life that I lived for so many years and Peyton's current walk and what she's going through. But the most important thing is, can you see the fruit of the spirit? And Mm -hmm. can you see the walk with the Lord? Can you see the Holy spirit refining your mentor? Are they, do they have the humility to open up about their struggles and what they've done? And Mm -hmm the things that they have a hard time with, because at the end of the day, your mentor is going to be working on stuff. They're not going to be cleaned up and perfect. And if someone is painting the picture that they've got it together, that's not accurate. No. Um, no. What are your thoughts as I kind of gather some more on that? Yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense. And you mentioned, you know, being able to see the fruits of the spirit in someone's life and um that for people who don't know we generally like Galatians 5 what is it 22 through 23 says like fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness gentleness faithfulness and self-control and no human except for Jesus Christ is going to exhibit all those at the exact Mm -hmm. same time and I think there are seasons that we do those better than others but you should be able to see those things relatively like clearly in a mentor figure um, mm-hmm. and don't hold them to the standard of perfection because that's not okay on your part either. Mm-hmm. Um, but being able to see that is a pretty good sign. And I think I kind of want to touch on this from the perspective of someone in my position, because while it's so important that we are learning about what to look for in a mentor or whatever, like the church is rising up. And now my age, like my people, we are called to lead already. Mm-hmm. And what does that look like for you? So as I'm continuing to prepare and you're growing in this all the time, it's not like you reach a status and you're like, okay, mentor level. It's, you know, the Lord puts you somewhere and you lead as he calls you to, but some practical ways I think that you can prep for doing that is like Sarah said, First, being with God by yourself, like Mm -hmm. prioritizing that, getting into the word, praying, having solid community. Um, But I also think my small group leaders did a really great job of this for me throughout high school. Um, And they encouraged me right away to start serving. And however you serve at your local church can look different, right? We all have different gifts, but 
they had encouraged me to start serving in the junior high program. And I did. And I feel like getting to learn from other leaders and then also having that opportunity to lead students has kind of prepped me and allowed me to see, okay, you know, how, how can I lead? How can I do this? And just loving well. Like if you're not mm -hmm. loving well in your day-to-day -day life with your family, with your classmates, with your teachers, whatever, like that's the people that, that's how Jesus loved. He loved just yeah. daily. And then when he has you in a different position, like that's naturally going to overflow. So I don't know. I think I just want to say like, don't disqualify yourself because you're young and start prepping now. That's it. And you know what, that, that leads into kind of what my next thought was. So going back to that original question, what qualifications do you need in order to efficiently mentor? When I started mentoring, I was in a very different season than I'm in now. And um, I feel like a lot of people, we live in this society of, and I'm going to talk more about this later, because this has been laid on my heart. I already, I prepped Peyton. I told her I had a story. I just haven't shared it yet. Wow. Um, I had, there's this sermon um, that's been on my heart today called how to be a non-anxious presence. And it's by John Mark Comer. And I love some of his books. And one of the things that I was thinking about is, you know, over my years of mentoring, my, my style has shifted a lot. It's just like any job or any role, right? Mm -hmm. You, you get better at it. You get more comfortable with it. Um, I used to get anxious before some meetings with new women. And I used to get nervous for some accountability meetings over, and I don't anymore. And one of the qualifications in order to be an efficient mentor is recognizing you are not the savior and you do not have all the answers. The best thing that you can do is encourage, mm -hmm. be willing to encourage your mentee to go elsewhere as well. Yes. Right. Because I, I have kind of become a one-stop shop sometimes for some things like when it comes to websites, openbible.info, I read a lot of books. I listen to a lot of songs. I love like the process of vetting worship music for like high quality scripture based music versus non scripture based music. I love reading the word. I'm a huge history buff. And there are some things that people can come to me for that impacts mentorship. But I didn't have that many years ago. But I had to be comfortable with people receiving that wisdom and that support and that mentoring from other people and not just me and encouraging them to. Mm -hmm. So I think the best thing you can do is be willing to give the gifts that you have and embrace the ones you don't. Yes. Oh, Sarah, that's so good. Because if that, you are oh. not all, if you do not have all the books, like we've already talked about this. Peyton just recited scripture. I'm staring at her face. She can, she knows the citations and she knows how to find it really quickly. And she's wonderful. I am great at broad concepts and we'll know where it's at and kind of the historical context. But when it comes to a specific, like chapter nine, verse one through two, I'm not going to have, that's not going to be me. Right. And, but she gets to use her gift, right? Mm -hmm. If I were to just squash that, that God wouldn't receive glory in that no. and you wouldn't thrive. That's not an environment for you to thrive in. So qualifications, yes. know your gifts and encourage the gifts of your mentee and allow them 
to seek them in any avenue for God's glory elsewhere. Mm. Comparison is going to steal the joy of that relationship. Yes. Yes. So just embrace your own. And I know we're literally only on question three, but I'm kind of okay if this runs long because we can make it two parts if need be. Um, Yes. Because I feel like the Holy Spirit's just really doing stuff right. Yeah. Yeah. I wish you guys could see our faces. Because <laughs> it's like, we're so opposite in our like uh, physical reaction. It's, it's beautiful. Fun. Okay. Um. All right, everybody. We had so much fun giving examples and talking about these questions that we had to split it up. We did. We did. And that means that you have been given a preview and a teaser of what you're going to see next week, which we're excited for. And because the questions that we have gotten from women have been so phenomenal, we have taken one question and we're going to throw it into a whole episode on some vulnerability and getting away from these just coffee dates. Yes. And we're ecstatic. We are. So yeah, we're splitting it up a little bit. We hope you enjoyed today. We pray it blessed you. And again, run it through scripture. If you have further questions or um, suggestions for us, check out the show notes and how you can reach us. And as always, we love you and we hope you had a great week. See you next time on Don't Look Down.